Hey guys, welcome to my podcast, Girl with the Camera, and in today's episode, it's going to be spooky and it's going to be creepy. I have the pleasure to invite Emily Rua all the way from LA to talk about or things horror. Emily is a director, actor. She received BA in cinema television from the University of Southern California. And her recent film Nine Ways to Hell received numerous awards, including Best Feature at Hollywood Blood Horror Festival. I welcome you to my podcast, Girl with the Camera. And I want to talk about you know, horror and creepy and spooky stuff because mm-hmm. Halloween is just behind the doors. So I'm very happy that um, you said yes. And um, I've seen the trailer for your recent film, Nine Ways to Hell, and I really liked it. So we got to talk about this as well. Mm-hmm. But first of all, let me ask you, what is your costume for this year's Halloween? <laughs> Okay, well, um, this year I uh, went all out and I'm going to be a, a Kitsumi, the Japanese yokai of the woman with the, the foxtails. So um, behind the curtain behind me, I actually have a, a gigantic nine tail cosplay costume piece. And I have the whole <laughs> geisha dress and fox ears and the mask. Uh, so I really went out uh, all out this year to try something uh, really fun. So I love your website, your personal website as well, which Thank is, you. by the way, everybody go check it out. The horror of being Emily. <laughs> yes. It's so cool. Like, how did you come up with that? <laughs> um, really just that is my life. Everything that I do um, relates to horror or Halloween. <laughs> That's really why I wanted to sort of have a website where I could talk about my love for horror, um, share some of my favorite short films that I find around the internet and um, really have a creative outlet to um, promote the things that I do and write. Um, so it was a whole lot of fun. I had my roommate, uh, Mariah Burton, designed my logo, which I absolutely yeah, it's, love. It's, it's really cool. Like, I love it. Thank you. It harkens back to Halloween, um, which is pretty much what I do. Um, in my spare time, I make films. In my day job, I work in the events industry, specializing in Halloween and horror events. Uh, so that is every aspect of my life. Did it start when you were a kid or where, you know, how did you come out, come around this? Like, oh, I love horror and this is my life and, you know, I'm going to live and breathe it. <laughs> well, it all started with my dad. When I was a kid, he would bring out the uh, eight millimeter film of Frankenstein versus the Wolfman and all those old classics. And uh, the story goes, by the time I was uh, four years old, I had rented Chopper Chicks in Zombie Town, which is a trauma film uh, from our local video store. So many times my dad said, well, we have to just start buying these. And we started collecting horror films, um, horror, sci-fi, fantasy, really all of that. And we now um, have a collection of nearing 3000 titles which is wow. insane. It's an entire room in my dad's house. And then I have my own personal collection because I'm out in California. Um, he's in Buffalo, but we, we still collect together. We'll call each other up. And when we find a good movie, he really likes the B horror movies. I love foreign horror. So we, between the two of us, we really get a wonderful uh, spread of different films in our collection. This is so cool. I've never heard anything like that. (laughs) 
Yeah, he was very supportive. Uh, when I was a kid, we would drive up to eight hours away to go to different horror movie conventions so I could meet the filmmakers um, and see all these things in action. Every year I could choose one haunted house up to eight hours away that we'd just drive to for the night and then drive back. Wow. Um, and it really helped inspire me and push me towards this career path that I absolutely love. Yeah, you're a film director and actor, and basically you're contributing to many aspects in terms of film. Um, so let me just, yeah, let's talk about Nine Ways to Hell, um, inspired by Dante's Inferno. So that's interesting. And you have been acting there, but also directing. So can you talk about like which one maybe you enjoyed more or, um, you know, do you want to continue to be directing in the future as well? So yeah, take me through it. So this project, um, I was brought on um, a little bit later than other people in the the project. I was one of the last directors brought on because somebody had dropped out and I knew the producer and he uh, felt confident enough in my love for horror that I could come up with a segment. My segment was Gluttony. Um, I, I did direct and act in it. Um, I really love both. Um, I think that... When you direct, it's much easier to get the acting job. Um, so I like doing it that way. Uh, so that way I don't have to go out and try to uh, submit reels and headshots and all that rigmarole that I think takes away from just the craft of acting. It's a lot of fun. Um, and this piece for Gluttony, um, I, I played somebody who had to eat on camera a lot. And that was very uncomfortable. Um, <laughs> My character uh, in, in Gluttony, um, she has in the opening scene, she is just eating cookies and crumbs are going everywhere and she has to be sort of gross and disgusting. And as a woman, you really spend pretty much every day of your normal life trying to look not disgusting. Uh, so that was weird to have a room full of people staring at me as I am intentionally trying to have crumbs and chug milk and just just look a little bit gross. <laughs> so the, the first take was completely unusable because I was like wincing the entire time. <laughs> But once I got comfortable in it, uh, it, it was fun to do. Um, as far as directing, I love directing. I love being with people. Um, I think that it is great to get a, a team together of very talented individuals who all know their particular role very well. And then it's just giving them the freedom to do uh, to do their thing, to give input. Um, I have a pretty strict uh, framework of how I do things. I actually am um, working on another short right now and somewhere. Oh, here it is. I, I actually, I storyboard everything out. So that was a sneak peek on my next project. Yes. Um, <laughs> but my whole cast and crew, um, they have to study the storyboards before we come on set. And really we film it um, with all that in mind. So I sort of know for this part, I want the camera here. I want it there. So even though we're getting coverage near wide, medium, close up, we know really what is the most important of all those. And that helps us during the shooting process. Yeah, I pretty much, I am the same. Um, but also I leave some room for improvisation, but that's just my style. But, you know, do you, do you do that as well? So you have like a structure storyboard and then 
if something, if you get an idea, do you go with it? Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, we do that. We just always have to have um, a framework because um, especially with low budget, uh, time is of the essence. You're, you're rushing through things and nine ways to hell. We shot it over just two days. So you have to really make sure that you don't miss anything. Um, but I really love doing, um, we'll do a couple takes the way that I envisioned it. And then we'll always do a take of just some, some different way of reading that or different way of doing things. Uh, and that uh, can sometimes lead to some really cool um, performances from there. So, yeah, I, I love the, the storyboard already. So this is the future project of yours. The same uh, filmmaking group that did Nine Ways to Hell, um, it's called the Hollywood Guerrilla Filmmakers. Um, the leaders of that group are two amazing producers and writers, and they have come up with a new project called Tales of the Wilder Mist. Set in Los Angeles, a weird uh, purple mist has taken over the city, and oh. uh This is a series of different shorts that, that happen once this mist has come in. Mine will be uh, called To All My Haters about <laughs> a social media uh, influencer, a YouTuber, who um, one of his online trolls follows him offline and is a I very fun, uh, creepy piece. Um, so it was really fun to take somebody else's script because um, Nine Ways to Hell was my script. Um, and I'm, I'm not a screenwriter. I'll, I'll do it when I have to. But um, I think that there are many other much more talented writers. So I was really happy to be able to, to not have to stress over that part and to really adapt it. Um, I made a few little adjustments and changes uh, to fit my personal style and taste. Uh, but that, that's going to be shooting next month. And I'm really excited to work with this cast and crew. Um, I have an amazing cinematographer. Um, what's really fun, too, is, is with this project, I can pick my own people. So my cinematographer, Karen Gubiner, she is absolutely amazing. We have a really diverse cast and crew, a lot of female filmmakers, um, at least in my film. Uh, so it's really wonderful to give opportunities sometimes to people who... Um, don't get it. Uh, sometimes film can be a bit of a boys club, especially in horror that can happen. So why do you think or why is that that people love to be scared? Like, <laughs> you know, we are so obsessed with it and addicted to it. Like, of course, some people are like they do hate it, <laughs> but they still go and watch horror films. You know, like, why is that? What's wrong with us? <laughs> you know, there's nothing wrong with us. People love to be scared, be it horror movies or haunted houses, because it allows us to face our fears in a safe environment. So you are um, coming together in a theater with a bunch of other people. Collectively, we are watching terrifying things on the screen, and then we come out of it okay, even if our on-screen counterparts do not. <laughs> and that is a wonderful catharsis to have that experience to go, oh, look, I faced my fears. I survived. And horror really allows us to explore these fears, um, sometimes in a, in a safe way, like through allegory, through a fantastic story. So that way you, it, it's not as um, hard to confront. 
because uh, we do have a lot of fears. There's there's fear of the unknown. Um, most recently, the M. Night Shyamalan movie, which I hear was not very good, um, confronts the fear of aging, which is a very real, uh, valid fear. You know, a lot of these are are valid, but it allows us to think about that to um, sort of cope with that in a way. Um, additionally, I really love that horror can bring people together. I think that's a really important aspect of everything. Um, no matter where you are in the world, be it the UK or here in the US or in Japan, um, we we all have been afraid of something. Um, fear of the dark is, is pretty common no matter where you are. So even though there are sometimes uh, a few cultural differences here and there, which are very interesting, um, but but we all are afraid of something and that really can connect people and bring people together. You're, you are experiencing everything together. Um, when you go to a theater, you, you can look around you and when one person starts to sort of laugh in that uncomfortable laugh terror <laughs> way, everybody in the audience does or everybody cheers when the bad guy is finally, you know, taken down at the end. Uh, and that's really a fun experience to connect with those other human beings in that way. Can I ask you, uh, basically, when you film a horror film, okay, are you scared or is it on the, like, the opposite? Like you're just having fun and you laugh, but are there moments that actually you are being scared during the filming? Like, is it, it's that intense or it's quite the opposite that you just laugh? <laughs> You know, I think it depends on the film. Um, for Nine Ways to Hell, it was just a, a bunch of fun. Um, but that one's a different type of horror. Um, when it's more of the scary monster horror, um, a few years ago, we were shooting a 15-second um, horror film. There was a competition where in 15 seconds, you're supposed to do something scary. And we had a uh, like skeleton static prop that was just something creepy that we were moving around to look creepy for this little film. And all night long, my crew was hiding that thing. So we would hide it like because we were also trying to get it out of the way for the shot. So we sometimes it was intentionally being hidden. And sometimes it was just like we had to stuff it in the bathroom for a second. And then we forgot about it and would open the door. And there's a monster there. <laughs> um, so we would certainly be just a little creeped out <laughs> from that here and there. Um, Especially when you get into a late night shoot at, uh, you know, two or three in the morning, things definitely start to feel a little bit more scary. Um, it really depends on the people you're with, whether you can trust them or not. <laughs> <laughs> when you're filming or coming up or just having to look at the screenplay, how do you know that it's going to be a good horror film? Because let's be honest, like there are many bad horror films that basically instead of being scary people laugh at it a little bit it's like oh this is not believable so how do you create a horror film like what is the how do you build attention or what would you advise to filmmakers who want to make horror films well i do want to start by just sort of addressing a little bit just because there are moments of silliness or levity i actually think that those moments where there is something that you're sort of laughing at a little bit are actually really important. Um, sort of, it's the same uh, theory as haunted houses. So in the Halloween industry, in a haunted house, you don't just walk through and have people popping out every second. There have to be moments of, 
of rest. There are often, you know, little joke scene or something to let you calm because to build tension, you do have to have a release over time. If you just have tension, 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 it actually wears off um, because you get used to it. And when you're doing a 90 minute movie, if you're doing a feature, there have to be moments where you have a release and then you can bring it back up. And, and really those little moments of connection with your character make you actually like them and actually care what happens. If, if you don't have really that, if it's just all tension, 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 um, it, it doesn't really matter if they die or, or not. You, you really have to have little quirks, little moments that you can, you can do that little giggle and connect. Um, and that's how the character will feel real and like somebody that you can identify with. Mm -hmm. um, so when reading a script, um, let's see, trying to think um, in that process, because it, it's really been uh, what I did with Tales of the Wilderness. I thought, uh, is it a story that interests me? You know, um, I read through it a couple times and then I thought, okay, does it make sense? Does it, because um, I think a lot of horror movies, people really skip that step. Um, when you have something that doesn't make a logical sense in the film, whatever it may be, like you could be a fantasy setting where everybody is a lizard person, but if that's the reality, as long as it makes sense within itself, you have a coherent film. Um, for example, uh, the movie Us really bothered me because it made no sense within the film. I was looking at it and just saying, well, how does it ha what happens if somebody's in a plane? What happens with this? How is it, you know, like getting pregnant is really hard. How can both get at the same time? Like all this stuff, um, trying not to give too many spoilers, but it made no sense. So even though it was a beautiful film, it had many scary moments. The whole time I was just asking, well, why? What? I don't understand. <laughs> and so does your film make logical sense? Does your film, um, do your characters act in a consistent manner to what their emotional state is? Um, sometimes uh, when you're trying to do a twist, for example, mm -hmm. your character, um, you have a character that might be the, the evil one in disguise, you know, so the whole movie you're rooting, but really the twist is that they're evil or the monster. If when they're alone in a room, they're acting scared, it, it doesn't actually make any sense. Think about that. You'd be like, why is the monster actually scared here? Because they know they're not scared. Come up with something better. Think about those moments. Um, I also have a wonderful honey bunny who reads all my <laughs> things with me. I can sort of bounce ideas. He is not a horror fan at all. When we met, um, which was over 17 years ago now, we've been high school sweethearts and all that. Um, I took him to see the Amityville Horror and he just came back and shook in my grandma's basement for like an hour not a horror fan. So I'll have him help me out. I'll, I'll talk to him about it. And if I can get something that this non-horror fan can go, yeah, you know, it's going to scare me. I'm not going to watch it. But that sounds good. I think that's helpful. Talk to people. Don't just talk, you know, do talk to horror fan, fans, but not just horror fans. Make a good film and don't stress out so much on the, is it going to be super scary, this and that. Go, is it a good film? And then I think fear and all those things that you're looking for will come from there. Yeah, hundred percent. Like the the main thing is the story. Like it has to make sense. It has to be interesting. And then you just find a way, either like the camera angles or sound design, all those scary things into it. And of course, 
um, a big part is our imagination. So, you know, we can scare ourselves <laughs> the most, basically yeah. just thinking like, this is happening or is this happening? Um, so what is your favorite horror film? And maybe this is like the hardest question ever, but <laughs> try. <laughs> it is. Um, you know, I, I was thinking about this because I knew you're going to ask. And in every <laughs> interview I give, it's really a different film. It's, it's sort of how I'm feeling for the day. Um, I think I can give give you a couple that I think will sort of point you towards my general taste. I really love The People Under the Stairs by Wes Craven. Uh, it is an urban fantasy and it's just a beautiful blend of horror and the fantastic. Mm -hmm. um, so it, it's like a fairy tale, like an urban fairy tale, essentially, uh, when you really break it down. Um, so that's really fun. I um, also have, I absolutely love animated horror, which is really hard to find. We need more animators out there to make scary films, please. Um, but I <laughs> highly recommend Soul Station, which is the prequel to Train to Busan. Um, it is just a very cinematic animation. Um, not to do a spoiler, but the ending scene is just so cinematic. They have when you do an animation, you can show whatever you want. It's animation. You can just draw it. But they chose um, to show a shadow on the wall for, for one of the most like pivotal moments of the entire film. And to me, that was such an amazing choice for an animation. Um, it's really one of the best horror animated films that I've ever seen. And the whole Train to Busan series is amazing. Peninsula. I love that one. Um, so I guess that would be another favorite film of mine because um, I like happy endings. So, <laughs> uh -huh. Uh -huh. <laughs> nice. um, And then lastly, I would recommend um, Rec and Rec 2. They're Spanish zombie films. The for, for all the American people out there, Quarantine was the American shot by shot remake. Um, and it's not bad. It's just it was basically shot by shot, um, except for the end, um, which is different. And um I guess I should mention, I have a film school background. I went to USC uh, Film School, University of Southern California. Uh, so I can get super geeky into that side of things. Um, zombies around the world are very different. Uh, so it is sort of fun to watch Quarantine <laughs> and then Wreck and see how in the Spanish culture where they have much more of a religious background, they, they take it in a religious way. It's very interesting how they're doing their zombies Whereas in the American one, it's scientific because we don't have that. We don't have as much of a, a cultural identity with um, that that type of religious thing. Like if you're super religious, um, you tend to not do the horror thing at all. So it, it's not um, <laughs> the same as there. Yeah. Um, so really, zombie films around the world are, inter are very interesting. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, I love the wreck. I didn't see wreck two yet. It's a continuation. Um, so I sort of lumped them together. Just watch one and then go straight into the other. Yeah. Because it was super creepy. I was like really scared. Like, ooh. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah. So let me just ask you, do you have any specific dream or what is the goal for the future for you? Like, um, you know, maybe directing like a feature film or... Yeah, I'll let you. I'll let you yeah, tell. Yeah, I'd like to finally direct a horror feature. I, I was hired a couple of years back to do a drama, and it was fun. It was really fun to direct a feature, and I loved it. It was SAG cast, but um, my passion lies in horror. You know, I I really want to to 
become uh, the queen of Halloween, I guess is how it goes. I want to, <laughs> um, you know, I would love to do a horror film that I could then um, sort of turn into a haunted house and have a, a very fun, immersive experience. Um, I love to find ways that sort of bridge film and um, live event experience. It sort of brings all my worlds together. Um, I, I love doing that. I love um, film festivals. So my goal someday would be able to, to program again. I used to program at Scare LA. We were Los Angeles's premier Halloween convention. We had a screening room there and that was so much fun. Uh, now I work with uh, Scream Fest Horror Film Festival, which we're actually going on right now. It's a 10 day fest. So um, that's why we are part of the reason why we're also uh, meeting so early in the morning because every day from like 10 a.m. to midnight, I am currently at the film fest. <laughs> um, so I really love that. I love to empower creators as well. So as much as I have fun on my old, own projects, there's something amazing to be able to empower other filmmakers to be to create films that I then can enjoy um, and, and other experiences for audiences. I love that. hundred percent. And the last thing, when nine ways to hell is going to be released, how can people watch it? Hopefully soon. We are still looking for distribution. <laughs> um, our film came out, unfortunately during the pandemic, um, so I, I haven't even been able to see it in theaters. It was so sad. It actually played in my hometown. My dad and my grandma, my family all came out to see it. And I was stuck in Los Angeles because I couldn't uh, fly at, or didn't want to fly. I wanted to, you know, not spread COVID for a little bit. Um, and so we are still looking for distribution, but we're hoping that something comes out soon. And please check out our website, ninewaystohell.com. Nine is in the number nine. And uh, we will have information as soon as it's available. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you for your time. And I appreciate it because it's like seven or actually eight um, in LA, 8 a.m. So it's crazy. Yeah. So thank you so much. And I'm definitely sure we inspired a lot of filmmakers right now with this episode and helped them with some tips. So thank you again. Hey, you're welcome. And, and your viewers, um, if you contact me through the horror of being emily.com or I'm on Instagram at Emily is horror, I can I'm certainly willing to answer any further questions or give you any advice um, that I may have. I'm always happy to um, at least maybe point you in the right direction to find some resources to answer your question if I can't myself. Thank you for listening and don't forget to tune in next Thursday because I have a very special guest. I do have a super pleasure to interview Danny Drysdale, the director for The Killers music videos and of course Echo Smith. Actually, he directed videos for the whole album of Lonely Generation and videos like Human by the Killers, The World We Live In, and many, many more music videos. So we're going to chat all of things music. And he's got some interesting stories to tell. So definitely tune in.